Hey everyone, welcome to Resilience Unraveled. This podcast is the result of my fascination with subjects like resilience, accountability, burnout, life fulfillment and other life and work-based performance issues, as well as many of the other obsessions I bump into in my life. I spend my time working with highly successful teams, people and organisations, and this podcast introduces their remarkable stories and expertise, as well as my own synthesis of the key issues, strategies, tips, tools and resources to thrive in life. If you find this podcast useful, why not go over to our site qedod.com. If you'd like some resources on how to manage and beat burnout, head to qedod.com forward slash burnout 2019 for some goodies. Stay tuned to the end to find out details of how to order a free ebook. Enjoy the podcast. So today I want to talk about tough love leadership. And um, I know it's a, it's a funny term, isn't it? And um, I think it's probably worth sort of examining where I'm coming from in this before we go too much further. Um, just sort of take a sideways turn just to get us going. Um, we at QED focus on the idea of wellness and well-being and this idea of the maximisation of potential. And um, and it was interesting because I was doing some work on this recently and um, looking up the origins of the word wellness, really, in terms of thinking about um, wellness as a concept that applies to um, the, way we, the way we operate at work. And um, there was a guy called Halpert L. Dunn, MD, in the 1950s, um, who was the chief of the National Office of Vital Statistics and discussed high-level wellness, which he defined as, quote, an integrated method of functioning which is orientated towards maximising the potential of which the individual is is capable, close quote. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, the idea of wellness is about maximising potential rather than the idea of illness. And I think um, as we become to start thinking about where I'm going with this idea of tough love leadership, we've come... We've come to a state at the moment when we're talking about this idea of mental health that we're actually discussing mental illness all the time. We're talking uh, in a sense about people's mental um, illness has been a debilitating idea. Is Mental health has become this idea that we have to um, look after people, we have to mollycoddle, we have to some, somehow treat them like infants. And I think what's happening in a way um, is that the cult- this culture is sort of spreading. It, it's, it, it appears, in my view, to be um, pervasive in schools where we are having um, kids who are coming out who don't seem very good at the idea or very capable or useful or skilled at the idea of failing or coming second or having strategies to um, stick at things or really to be able to, um, you know, really be able to cope with the world around them. They, they have, I guess, they seem to have an ideal, idealised view of the world, which is based on increasing memes of perfectionism. And and as we know, really, um, from psychology and from quite a lot of research, so, you know, this idea of linking perfectionism, non-accountability together creates people who are entitled and vulnerable at the same time. And so it's no surprise that we're getting into the workplace people who really are sort of struggling to make sense of the, the working world around them. Now, you know, it's, it's not people, it's, you know, it's the fault of the, <laughs> the generation before to have um, parented or schooled people in this way, so we can't be too uh, judgmental about it. And I think, you know, what part of the job of any organisation is to educate people to, you know, make them suitable for the world of work and help those people maximise their potential, which is the point of the wellness sort of theme that sits behind this. 
And um, and it is fascinating also that even at the senior level, at boards and at um, um, sort of investment committee um, reviews at private equity firms and you know, senior management level when we're coaching people, this this idea that, well, I can't say anything anymore because it might upset people or it might upset their mental health seems to be seems to be prevalent. And in fact, there's an organisation that goes around, in effect, sort of um, offering a, uh, I don't know how to, pre- to prescribe it, really, um, it, it, sort of almost a badge, a, a sort of training or a badge of honour that says, actually, let's let's look after people's mental health. And the, and, and the way of doing that seems to be to to allow people to sort of have this idea of psychological safety, which is a great thing, but, but that becomes interpreted by people as understanding what managers can't do anymore. And, and it's fascinating because when I'm coaching managers, the one or two things, the, one of the clear, clearest messages I ever hear actually is, well, I can't say this to someone anymore because they'll get upset. And um, I can't discuss someone's performance with them before again because they they get upset. They might it might hurt their feelings. Um, it might create a mental health issue. Um, you know they come into work and they're down, and that's a mental health issue. So um, I can't say anything to them because I have to be caring and sympathetic and such like. And I think really what's become to happen in leadership terms is that we're sort of mixing up a few ideas and coming up with a a situation where managers are so clear on what they can't do they've forgotten actually that the point of leadership is understanding what you can do and I think the idea behind the words tough and love put together is this idea of thinking about leadership as being something which has some sort of degree of radical candor which is a terrible American phrase but it's, it's a good way of thinking about it um, and this idea of love, which is really, really more about caring about the whole person that sits in front of you. So, for example, if you've got someone in your team who has a history of committing suicide or uh, attempted suicide, obviously, um, you know, you would be more careful about dealing with that person, um, of course, because you would you'd care enough about them to be sensitive to the way things are working in that organisation and creating a place of psychological safety them is slightly different to the majority of people but you know that's that's a rare thing really and I want to encourage leaders to get back to this idea of thinking about creating a culture which is adult by nature and that's about skilling people to understand the difference between their perception of feelings and this idea that feelings are somehow um, you know, radical things that drive all we do which is which is a which is a view but actually we're switching more back to a rational school of thinking where we focus on things like behavior and outcomes rather than the sort of input or the the sort of the feelings and the emotions of things I mean too often we hear in the media well what do you feel about this and we're talking about we're talking about anything you know and what do you feel about it becomes the question and that was quite taken quite recently when someone said uh, said on, a, on an interview with the press you know I don't deal in the world of feelings I deal in the world of facts I deal in the world of what people have done and the impact of what that had and and it struck me very much that I that idea of the adult culture it was quite fascinating again talking in a training course recently with a manager who was saying I expect my children to, at the weekend to step up, stand up, you know, be able to stand on their own two feet, go out, be on their own, um, <laughs> take responsibility for what they do. Um, but when I come to work, I can't tell people to do anything and um, I've got to be very careful about hurting their feelings. And, and the irony was not lost that he was sort of treating his children like 
adults and treating the adults at work like children. And I think it's time to sort of redress that balance. And I think the idea of accountability is the one where we can start to get back to this. So understanding that people can differentiate between feelings, emotions, and thoughts is really important. And most people can't. So that, that needs to be part of this training, which often sits within resilience. Uh, training courses and resilience coaching and such like. It's also about this idea that we focus back on behaviours and understanding where behaviours come from. And it's also about focusing on people's accountability. And accountability is that idea where people can um, see accountability as part of a learning culture. They can see failure as part of a learning culture. They can see this idea that when someone fails, it's not necessarily their fault. Sometimes it's due to the process they're operating. And so actually you can learn from things that go wrong, which means you have to be able to take risks, which means that sometimes you might fail, which means that you're going to learn from that failure. So we can build, begin to build a cycle of accountability, which is if you get something wrong, you know, you, you sort of confess to what you did, you put it right and you don't make the same mistake again. And we need to recognise that mistakes are an inevitable part of business. That's how we, we often move forward. We often have discontinuous leaps in change by things that don't work and or need to change radically or quickly because of the the fact that something's not working in the current marketplace. So for example, if we're, if we're, if we're thinking about a world where transport or travel might be restricted, what does that mean for us now? We're all going to have to change if we're going to be working from home more frequently, if there's going to be increased use of AI and more sophistic sophisticated technologies around us, that means something and we have to, to get back to that. So we have to get back to this idea that um, we're building an adult culture and an adult culture is psychologically safe because it, it, it is about figuring out what people's potential is and helping them achieve it. And therefore people get feedback, they are coached, they are pushed appropriately, they are uh, spoken to as adults, uh, not as children, which means of course that they're not shouted at or bullied because actually what you need to have is professional conversations about things which have worked and how they can be improved further uh, or things which haven't worked and actually need um, a fresh approach or a different approach in the future. So some of this is about actually helping people um, become more robust in their mind, their own personal thinking and mindset. So they're not deciding to become victimized by a manager who's simply having engaging professional conversations. And it's also about the leader being able to have good communication skills so they can focus on the rational, the, the behaviors and the outcomes which are, which are important. And um, uh, one of the things which is really important is is to is to understand that we have to look out for um, behaviours or commentary, which is all about this idea of people who are blaming and dwelling, suffering and moaning and whinging in the workplace. And we have to focus people back on the instead of the the drama of their situation, but their plan and and the effects of what they're going to do. So we need to keep people's narrative about the world focused on accountable action and learning that comes from that and outcomes and such like. And, and one of the challenges for a lot of organisations is they sort of, as people within them sort of lose their sense of meaning of why they're there. Because actually what happens is the organisation works so hard to engage them and look after them and mollycoddle them and cosset at them. They actually they don't they lose this idea that they're that you know people could be challenged and pushed and um 
expected to do more, expected to achieve more. You know, this idea that you sit down with people and say, I really believe you can do more if you want to is a is a really fascinating conversation. Most people do come to work to make a difference, do come to work actually to be able to look at, you know, their contribution at the end of a period of time and say, I did that. And, you know, a leader who can sit down with you and say, you know, I believed in you and look at what you achieved you know, it's fantastic because accountability is about celebrating success and taking ownership of what you've achieved, as well as just, you know, seeing things as being negative. So I think this idea of um, a manager or a leader being able to take a, a decision, stand for something is important and treat people as adults. Uh, one of the things, a trend I've noticed in leadership really is in the sort of popular world in politics and, and some larger businesses is this, this idea of spotting a trend, um, running as fast as you can, getting in front of it, and then basically sort of claiming it as your own. That's not necessarily an issue, but it's part of back. It's part of the idea that we should be more accountable. And whilst it might work for politicians and it might work for people who are very high in the public eye, in order to you know not have an original thought but in terms of management and leadership authenticity is about actually thinking about what's important to you your own values in the organization your own way of thinking about how you want to be as a leader creating a, a sort of culture which isn't based on the herd mentality and getting ahead of it but actually about having it having a having a stand for who and how you want to be in life and i mean that's not that's not novel that's not new it just seems to be getting lost now, we've talked a lot about this idea of you know um, accountability, and one of the things I think which is suffers is this idea that we lose this this idea of conflict and challenge. Now, by conflict, I'm not talking about you know physically punching each other. I'm talking about that intellectual um, butting up against each other, that sort of violent agreement you have from time to time, the sort of challenge that comes from um, intellectual debate, um, which which is never personal. And allows people to take an idea and to be able to work that idea around and begin get to think about the logic or the assumptions that sit behind that idea and and, and challenge those so we can actually come to a, a more interesting conclusion and we, we seem to have created a new idea of debate which is one person hold one idea another person hold another idea and actually shout at each other backwards and forwards and and I see conflict as a sort of a collaborative process where we actually engage with each other to unpack ideas. And I think that's the idea of um, the tough side of um, um, the leadership bit, because actually what you're doing here is you're managing your own emotional stance and you know looking after the other person's emotional stance to make sure that people aren't getting out of shape so you can have those frank robust and professional conversations and you know again a lot of leaders say well i can't challenge i can't disagree with my team because actually it'll hurt their feelings well you know this is where we need to get a grip because if we've decided we're hurting people's feelings then you're more likely to upset people by not actually treating them as adults because actually if you've ever been led by someone who treats you like a baby um, expect your team to be acting acting out in that way and you know the idea of careful be careful what you wish for comes true from time to time i often talked about talk to again talk to these people or coach people leaders who are telling me they can't do things to avoid hurting people's feelings but then they're complaining at the behavior of their teams in meetings and their behavior in teams in terms of productivity because people are, are sort of acting as if they're helpless in order to get attention so you know 
look at your team and if you're seeing those sorts of effects it's probably because you as a leader aren't you know having that that sort of candor having that sort of accountable relationship and you've got to really in a sense as a leader sort of step up to the plate yourself and create that culture of accountability and accountability creates a psychologically safe place because a psychologically safe place has little fear in it and little unproductive stress so what you're doing with people is you're telling them the truth so they know exactly where they stand so they don't have to be frightened and there's a, a focus on plan and rational action so the idea of stress that can be focused and harnessed and turned into productive action so you know what we're focusing on here is to how how, how do we build that adult culture that allows the tough love to take place um, I mean, the love bit is, let's be clear about that, that's not an inappropriate phrase. It really means more about care, um, seeing the um, your person as a whole person, that they have a life outside of work, that they're not a cog in the machine, you know, that actually, that people in your team are famously, you know, described as an asset. Well, an asset is something that gives back, but only when it has investment in it. And I think we too frequently forget this idea that a human has assets work in our business but the best word for a human asset is a person and and you know we have to get back to this idea of just seeing the whole person sitting in front of us this holistic idea and people in your team will have bad days and good days in terms of productivity because of what else is going on in their lives and you as a leader and a manager have choices to make about what's acceptable at work given the circumstances that sit within somebody else's life I, I often tell the story of a sales manager who was talking to me um, after and, and asking me how quickly he, she, he should expect um, a team member to get back to full full performance and um, because he felt that two weeks was enough for someone to have got over the suicide of their partner. And I mean, that's just that's just a lack of education, but it's also a lack of care. It's a lack of thinking about other people. It's a, it's a lack of really, fundamentally, it's a lack of empathy. And I think empathy is the, the sort of critical skill here that we need to understand. We need to build empathy so people can see each other um, as a whole person and begin to figure out, you know, how to make the best of the potential of people around them. And, you know, one of the classic ways that leaders can do this is to look at the processes that they operate and run in businesses. And, you know, the, the one I always challenge when we put a an exercise together where you say, you know, look at the time, look at the, the most amount of time you spend doing the least effective practices. And that's also about sitting in a meeting. And, um, you know, if you're a leader and you want to have an adult culture, then treat people like adults and think about what you're doing in meetings. Stop wasting people's talent in unproductive and unnecessary activities. For example, meetings. And, um, you know, get, it's interesting that on a survey of recent, recent meetings that um, it was nearly always the case that the leader thought the meeting was productive, but nobody else in the team ever did. Because actually what's happening is the leader's having a lovely time showing off, pontificating and wanging on generally, and everybody else is sitting there listening to it, wondering when they're going to get back to the mounting emails in their inbox, usually sent by the leader in the first place. So empathy is the key to be able to think about when I'm actually using the resources of my team, am I actually harnessing those resources and the people skills and the potential of that team in its best way to get the job done? Because the more productive and efficient you are, the more you can do or the easier you can do the same amount of work and therefore leave people the sort of time to be able to invest in themselves. So 
I think the, the key message here is we need to just change the nature of this debate. We need to get back to this idea of leadership wellness, which is being focused on p- potential. Um, it's about being tough in the sense of being having the candor to build a ladder culture and have the sort of professional relationships you need. And it's about having the sort of care and empathy to be able to see the person as a whole person in front of you and also recognize, of course, that you are a person yourself and you need time and care and effort as well. And it's often the more senior people who are the least invested in. So I think it's time to um, change the agenda and hopefully this podcast is the first stand of that. So have a good day today. Spend five more minutes today having some empathy and then 20 minutes more tomorrow thinking about how you'll build an adult culture. And I'm sure you'll see performance improve. And if you don't, um, give me a con- drop me a line, send me um, a link, and I'm very happy to have a 15-minute coaching call with you and think about your own particular circumstance and how you begin to make these tools and techniques work for you. You can also go to our qedod.com forward slash tough hyphen leadership And you can then access some free resources, uh, some downloads, some tips, and um, some other bits and pieces as well. It's been great to chat to you today, and um, I look forward to um, chatting to you the next time out. Take care. Thanks for listening today. You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash podcasts, and subscribe to hear other titles in our series. Or you can contact us at info at qedod.com to hear and find out more about tough love, leadership, accountability, resilience, and burnout. You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash burnout 2019 to hear and get access to a load of resources to help you manage and fight burnout. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash free ebook to hear more about the fundamentals of resilience. Until the next episode, keep on thriving!